At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, everybody? This is Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts. This is the Knife Talk podcast, and I am here, as always, with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. We're here to talk knives, answer questions, have a good time. But first off, we'd like to start start off by talking about our week. So who wants to kick it off? Jeff or, or Craig? Which one? Craig, let her rip. Same old, same old. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, this part, part of the show I, I find difficult every week because not much changes. Um, it's hot as balls here again. Um, super, super hot. So not much has been happening anywhere. Streets are deserted. Um there's just nothing happening. It's too hot to, to get out get out of the house. Um, can't complain. You know, we've had worse weather, but um, yeah, we're at a point where it's 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 dangerously hot. Um, there's obviously hose pipe bans and bans on water, but there, there also, there's also talk now of uh, cutting people's water off for so many hours per day. Oh wow! Um, which I think is weird because people will just fill up containers of water beforehand, so the same amount of water will be used. Um, yeah, but there's 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 serious shortages, um, and everybody's praying for rain. So we're in very sort of agricultural land here, and all the fields are dead. Everything is brown. Um, yeah, so the farmers haven't had a good time of it. Um, yeah, that that's my week. That's my week, unfortunately. <laughs> the hot apocalypse. Exactly. Same here, by yes, the way. Yeah. We haven't is had it the rain same? Yeah. at all. Our grasses are brown. Yeah. There's there are no uh, blackberries or wild raspberries at all. Mm. Everything is yeah. like, and we've and we're not we're not water. We water the, the tomato plants. And that's about it. But mm. yeah, it's 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 been a it's been brutal, brutal. Yeah, we've been getting up early and going to um, there's like a river just you know just a mile or so down the road. Um, getting the girls up early and just going to the river and just standing in the river in the cold, you know, in the cold water. Because um, any time after sort of 10 a.m., it's just, it's, you can't be outdoors. It's blisteringly hot. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's that been our days, really, and long, long days <laughs> trapped in a house with kids. In the um, heat. Uncomfortable. In the heat. Uncomfortable. Off. <laughs> yeah, and in the evenings as well, you know, trying to sleep. It's, 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 it's brutal. It really is. Um, but, you know, it's only going to get worse, I think, you know, in the coming years. So we brace ourselves. Ugh. That's the happy news for this week. <laughs> I, you know, you were saying you were saying in the beginning that like, ah, this part is, is always hard for me. You guys hmm. don't think about what you're going to say. I I personally, as far as podcasts go, I hate it 
when maker mm. podcasts say, well, what has been going on in the shop this week? I fucking, yeah. I think it's the most hack move and we do it. And, and I mm. don't say anything because I think it's as hack is hacky. But at the same time, you guys don't think about things that you're going to say. Like I, I got, got a, a list story. right here. Go ahead. Go ahead. To, read off your list. Go ahead. Well, first off, we, we've also had a lot of heat. Fortunately, we've had a little bit of rain the last couple of days, but only a little bit. But we discovered we have a new swimming hole. Um, uh, we got a river that's not that far from us. And we did the same thing, Craig, where my son and I went down to the river and we swam in the river to cool off. And it was actually mm. it was enough to cool us down that I was actually kind of cold the rest of the day and it was oh, nice wow. because it was i had been at the market it was, it was last saturday and so uh we were at the market and we were standing and we had a cover you know pop-up tent and but just the heat even underneath that uh it was it was enough to get you get you cooking mm -hmm. so we definitely yeah. went swimming that day and it was it's nice and so it's cool the guy guy's a nice guy he's a he's a maker he does a lot of woodwork and he's got five acres along the river there and so we go and we got a new swimming spot and camping spot nice. if we want. That's fun. Uh, this last week for me has really been a, a Patreon heavy week, kind of in a way. I did. Uh, I had a really great conversation with uh, Steve Schwarzer on my for my Artisans of Steel podcast, which is part of my Patreon, and uh, we we kind of got into the meat and potatoes about how like very specific details about working with powdered steel and stuff like that it was really cool. It was an enlightening conversation with Steve and. Um, often, honestly, uh, Jeff, like uh, some of these people who have, uh, you've also interviewed, I, I just kind of cut like the backstory short and say, just go listen to Jeff's podcast. <laughs> just to let you know, I've made a concerted effort not to interview like the big knife makers anymore. And if I do make, do interview them, I'm just going to keep it to the non knife making shit, like how they got there. I, I specifically sure. said, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave all that stuff for you. So I don't want to, I don't want oh, and I'm actually talking to mostly non knife makers these days. Yeah. Well, and, and you kind of did that. Obviously you talk knives with Steve cause it's hard not to, but you also talked about uh, a lot of his, like his, his upbringing, his background. But I don't want to, I don't want to do the, the tips and tricks shit. This no, is no, no. Knife talk. That's what I'm saying is I'm referring people to your podcast. Well, so you. they get that backstory and, and all like the, the life situation kind of stuff. And it's been, but it's been good in, in these past few episodes uh, to be able to kind of, to kind of build off of the conversations that you've been having actually in a way. Um, and then I actually, what is it? Oh, so this, so this episode is, it's Monday, right? My birthday is on Sunday. So I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a kind of a birthday contest in my Patreon too, which should be fun. I got some cool stuff I'm putting together, uh, kind of a, a gift pack. And, uh, the way it's going to work is people have to kind of like, share some of their work over on the Patreon and then uh, other Patreon people are going to vote for each other. Hopefully <laughs> we'll oh, cool. see how that works. Uh, but basically whoever gets, uh, because like giveaways are really uh, tricky these days and, uh, mm. and raffles and whatnot. And some of the best ways to do it is just to actually, instead of, me arbitrarily picking somebody it's the audience act that are actually like voting each other up and helping uh to kind of put each other up and stuff and so um like some of the stuff in that or one of the things that's going to be in the giveaway is actually a radius platen a 36 inch radius platen um but I'm, I'm working on putting together a bigger package i'm going to be talking to some people about getting some good stuff and uh that should be fun cool uh i think the last thing is <clears throat> i got some really good content uh, a little while back 
I had a friend come to the shop and kind of basically be my human tripod and uh and wa- <laughs> I've been called up he called up <laughs> I know you have. I know you have. Obviously you have twins. And now no, you it's cuz he's got a, he's saying he's got a big dick. That's what he's saying. I know. That's why I referenced the twins. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's not how it works, but yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a little bit of a missing situation in this. In this, but it's fine. Go ahead. Um, so you're, you're walking. Your human tripod. You mean the cameraman? The cameraman. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So I, I've really struggled with my f- showing, uh, like putting together a video of my forging progression uh, for an integral, uh, which I'll actually be teaching at Maker Camp in October. Um, and I, because I get to a certain point where I'm so caught up with the forging that I completely forget about the fucking camera. And then all of a sudden I'm basically done and I've missed like the last 30 or 40 minutes of forging. And so I've tried attempting to get that footage, uh, probably four or five times now on my own and I fuck it up every time. So, uh, I, I really appreciate my buddy Kari, uh, Rakona and he's Rocco knives on Instagram and he came and he hung out the shop and he made sure to capture all everything. And it's nice to have a camera person who is actually a knife maker as well, because the, uh, especially somebody who's also somewhat new to it because he can get in and he, he can grab kind of like the shots and the angles that he knows people are going to want to see. And he has a background of, in video. Uh, so, uh, so it's, it was a really great help to have him in there. So I've been working on getting some videos put together, also doing a lot of video editing um, and just, you know, kind of keeping things simple, doing the kind of like stitching stuff together and voicing over. I'm also doing one of S grinding and um, my Japanese cowboy handle shaping. Um, and so it's been, like I said, a very Patreon heavy week, but otherwise, um, yeah, like I said, my birthday's coming up and I'm looking to give away some fun stuff for people, um, to celebrate my birthday and that's it. How old are you going to be? I will be 38. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing for your birthday? My birthday's always been kind of weird. I think it, it was in my early twenties that I, I hated, uh, like making it about me. And so for me these days, it's more about celebrating, uh, the people that are in my life and kind of just spending quality time with them. Uh, use, often I cook for people. Uh, I've been trying to get away from that, but I still am doing that. Uh, and I'll, I'll be doing the same. I'll be getting a, a, probably like a small group of friends together, um, to come over my place. Uh, we got an outdoor fireplace and so we'll have a little fire. I'll get the pizza oven out. I'll make some pizzas. I got uh, a new beer actually launched today, uh, as we're recording on Friday. Uh, and if people are interested in the IPA, it's the Maelstrom IPA by Anchorage Brewing, and that's um, I'll have some of that. So we'll be drinking some of those. Maybe pop a couple bottles of the uh, Imperial Stout as well. Oosh. Oh man. Blood alcohol level people, up. Yeah, people are going to be shit house. They got. I got to get messy. I got yeah. a big yard, so maybe people can uh, get some tents, bring, bring some tents and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. high octane. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, funny that you, you're talking about uh, making YouTube content and more sort of video content. Yeah, um, I was sort of convinced this week that I need to be doing a bit of that for this for this sort of CD as well. Um, so Ooh. yeah, I've been pla- I've been planning a bit of that as well, and very reluctantly so i think i'm going to take the style that that jeff has been doing like you know quite vocally say i don't want to be doing this shit and you know <laughs> so yeah ah. well you know what they so, say yeah. about knife makers. For- knife makers are thieves so i'm not surprised well exactly <laughs> exactly yeah i mean i mean inspired by your creativity jeff right, should we say right. yeah. fine take yeah. it i hate it i fucking hate <laughs> it i hate it i'm sick of it 
hate the reels, <laughs> hate it all, resent it all. So what you been up to, Jeff? What's going on? I, I, uh, we're we're all of our Oct- uh, August orders are out, and I just sent another pile of a little bit of September out today, which was great. And then uh, we've been uh, David has been great at the shop, and and um, the problem is, is he is, with is you? Like, ev- is he with you every day? No, three days a week. Three days a okay, week, which cool. helps because well, that's nice. If I do like, if I have Mondays and Fridays, I can kind of prepare for him. So that allows, there's never any, there's never any, when he's here, there's never any like, oh, well, maybe you should just sweep up or something. There's none of that. Like, i very conscious of making sure that, you know, good stuff is being done and stuff that yeah. he's going to enjoy too, not just like, find something to do. I, I used to be in shops like that where they're just like, there's no direction and that's no good. Yeah. So it's been great. But the funny thing is, is now we're starting to, I'm starting to see that we're, you know, close together by the grinder. So just today I spent the day. Uh, the half the day kind of moving grinders just giving some elbow room so we're not like right next to each other which was which was a good it's -hmm. good because now we're starting to grow and and that's what i like and that's good but funny funny enough um i got invited a friend of mine who's in very involved in law enforcement invited me to uh out for drinks and it was one of those he's one of those guys that you don't say no to and you know if you say no to he's he call you a pussy for a while and then but regardless <laughs> regardless of that it's just like you know this is someone i really enjoy spending time with a good good just a great guy so he says, all right, meet me down at the restaurant and then we're going to go into the city i have a friend of mine who's got this new place and we're going to check it out so we go down to the, this restaurant we meet up and it's all the guys who are going down all cops and fbi agents so I get the car with these cops and FBI agents, and it's just like, I don't really, you know, I find it fascinating hearing them talk. These guys don't know each other. So I hear them, I'm hearing them talk, and, and i tell you what, if you want to get in a ride, you want to go on a ride somewhere, going off with an off-duty cop as a driver, <laughs> man, you get there so fast to make your head spin. It was all, I got my cage rattled. It was great. So we went down to this place. is so cool. This guy that my friend knows got a decommissioned... Vietnam era Navy boat, a boat that like helicopters used to land on. He oh, had wow. it moored oh, on the, on the dock uh, on the on the on one of the piers, and he converted it into like a bar and restaurant. But it's like a it's like almost like outdoor. There's no waiters. It's like there's a bar and you can order stuff and there are picnic tables all over the place. Hmm. So we were down there and it was a beautiful night on the Hudson River. And we were having a good time, and I, you know, I was not expecting to be drinking tequila, which I, I ended up drinking a lot more tequila than I expected. <laughs> and then, um, so then we're driving back, and it was like you off-duty police officer driving you back for an hour drive turns into a thirty-minute drive. It was, I was like <laughs> wild. It was awesome. Had they been drinking too? No, they had not been drinking. There were okay. some dudes who, were, you know, they had designated drivers. And uh, but it was interesting talking to them in regards to you know they were interested in knife making. Which this is now here's the funny part. So we ended up going to some place and and um, they're talking about knife making and I ended up fucking getting. I'm going to be making a knife for I'm going to be making a sculpture for uh, for this uh, FBI fundraiser which I I stupidly said I would and I was like we're totally regretting it. It's a small thing but it'll be it'll be fine and. Um, <laughs> So they were talking about knife making. They're like, here, I want to show you what I have. And, you know, these guys are off duty. They're pulling out these fucking switchblades and shit. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And, and they so it's one guy shows me this, and it's got serrations, and it's that and the thing. And they, nothing, I mean, nothing to write home about. It's just fine, you know. And they turned to me, and they said, well, what do you carry? 
And I said, I don't carry anything. He goes, what? I'm like, yeah, I never carry anything. And they're just looking at me stunned. I mean, these guys are all armed. <laughs> they're all armed. They have Jeez. knives upon, you know, probably in their boots. They have every, I mean, these guys are like, one guy's in hostage rescue. And other guys, you know, these guys are like, they're talking in the car about this, all this shit that I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And P.S. to the listeners, I love law enforcement, but they're all as dumb as you are. Trust me. <laughs> they say the same stupid <laughs> shit you all say. So just know that. You know, they're all just like you. They're all human beings just like you. They say the same dumb shit you do. So the guy turns to me and he goes, well, what do you carry? And I said, I don't carry anything. And he goes, why not? And I just looked at him. I'm like, what am I going to do? Open my mail on the street? I don't know. I mean, I don't need, I don't need anything. So he's like, well, what happens if you get in an altercation? I'm like, yo, I'm not... I am. I promise you. I will. Forty-eight. I'm about to be forty-nine. I've talked my way out of four muggings. I will not have to be in a situation where I have to defend myself with a knife. And and the guy's telling you what to do and what to do. I'm like, look, I, I'm just. I don't. I don't want. I want less in my pockets. I don't even want my wallet or my keys in my pocket. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have to have anything in my pocket, I'd be so happy. So we were having a good time, and I got a taste of uh, authority, and I got a taste of corruption. And power, <laughs> and I liked it. Be honest with you. And what, what did you eat? That's the important thing. Oh, uh, it was shit. It was. We had a, I got a couple wings. <laughs> All right. okay. We had a couple okay. wings, and uh, we had a couple wings and some calamari. Nothing to write home about. Okay. Uh, but we had some tequila with watermelon, in it, and that was good. And then, uh, but uh, like I said, let's face it. You know, people talk about power and corruption. There's something to be said about it. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you, I'm not going to say it wasn't fucking great. It opens doors. Oh maybe. my god! Power cry. I got some numbers in my pocket now. But I tell you what, there is. I'm telling you, when you get a taste of power, a little bit of corruption, and authority, I understand it. I understand the appeal. I understand the appeal. Concoction that can go to your head. Oh yeah. my god! I would be if I was in a position of authority, I would be unreasonable. Totally unreasonable. <laughs> Day one, you've put me. You put me in like police academy, like not the movie, but like a real police academy. I am going to be a fucking. I'm going to be unbearable, <laughs> unbearable. So that was my week. It was fun. Nice. I've been drinking a lot more tequila myself, actually. I'm going to be not drinking drink. anything for a while because it's like it's. It, I just you know, I, it it costs me well. too much time and energy. The, I mean, I'm still, I'm still not feeling a thousand percent. And, and I got you. You know, like so uh, I feel like every time I've come to the city, you've told me do not bring a knife. Oh yeah, because well, they're I always ta- busting each other, busting people up for fucking knives. I've like, talked to, yeah, I've talked ahead. to cops who refer to in if you're in New York City. Now I talk to these yeah. guys. These guys, one's a doesn't matter what he is, doesn't matter either one of them. None of them are actually in New York City. They don't work okay. in New York City. So I had been told by a friend of mine who's on the job in Harlem. He says, anything if you're in Manhattan, if you have anything that you can open with one hand, a cop can can give it to you. And every single one of them's different. Like you know, some cops will pull you over for not coming to a complete stop. Other ones mm. will fucking get you if you you know get. And some are nickel and dime. Some these cops are dicks you know so like i've been told the rule of thumb from my friend who is like a a stickler he says if you have if you have anything with a clip on it in manhattan it better be a leather man or it better be like or you better have a good explanation and they've had a lot of problems with these um those folding razor carpet knives those razor knives Mm. because you know workers are getting pinched but like i mean they refer to knives in new york as uh as uh, uh, what is it? What's the expression? It's 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 uh, job security, 
because you know, they, I mean, if you need to run up some numbers, you know, people with not knives in their pockets, you know, are easy. And I've actually told, and then those any assisted folders in New York City, you're you're out if you get the wrong cop on the wrong day. I've had once, I we I was in a car with a friend of mine, and we were driving, and my friend rolled down the window, New York guy, he was trying to get the directions from a cop, and he says, "Hey, buddy, where do we get from?" This guy, the cop, lost his fucking mind. I'm not your goddamn buddy. I, you refer to me as officer, and I don't. I'm not your tour director. And some of these guys really are like on a fucking. I mean, you want to talk about authority? They're talking. Mm. They're on a tight leash. So yeah. I, my personally, my my rule of thumb is is I don't carry in general because I just I'm afraid of running into the wrong guy. The other thing is, is I once wore, I had a, I had one of my friction folders in my pocket and I sat down and hit me in the nuts and I'm, I'm not, I don't need that either. You know, I also think if there's an altercation going down and you pull out a knife, it's then going down, you know, you've got to be prepared to use it. I think. Yeah. You better I, fucking I, know how to use that thing or it's, it's going to yeah, end up inside it, of you. Dude, it's not a good thing. You I don't, see I these think, videos yeah. of these guys. I mean, some of our listeners are like, I'm sorry, and this is not knife talk. This is Jeff Fader. Some of you guys are living in a fantasy world where, where like, you're walking around with, with like, throwing knives, and you're going to have some sort of fucking ninja shootout. It's like <laughs> there's some unreasonable shit going on it's here. Called, you know? They're called Mexican standoffs, I thought. Well, that sounds racist, but fine. Kidding? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> she said some ninja shootout, and what I said sounded right. I mean, you did, did you shoot out? You know, they're, they're, these knife throwing guys are just like you know they're jumping out of the bushes and hitting you with the ninja knife. You know, it's fine. I I think that it's it's interesting that like and and these cops were totally like to meet with me. They're like, oh no no, that's not the rules, and they're they're arguing the rules. I'm just like, here's the reason why I'm never going to carry a knife in New York City because these two go- goddamn law enforcement <laughs> officers don't know the difference anyway. Yeah. So I don't yeah. still want the headache. But the other thing is, is like you know, I would I would really not want to be in a situation where I had to defend myself with, and I won't. Mm. I've talked my way out of being mugged four times, and I'll just keep doing it. Yeah. Well, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. Do you guys have pen and paper with you? All the time, baby. Quizzical, quizzical. <laughs> quizzical. R.I.P. I know. Yes, I was very saddened. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Possibly one of the most beautiful women to ever live, Or as Howard Sterling said, what a piece of ass. I mean, that's (laughs) inappropriate. (laughs) I mean, time hasn't really passed that long. I apologize to the Olivia Newton-John family. So, I've got three. They're not really questions. They're more opinions that I'm after. So, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, but I'm going to give them to you now, but I don't want answers yet until later on in the show. Okay. So it gives you a bit of time to think. Okay. Okay. So if you just write the questions down. Mm. And listeners, if you're playing along, I'll put these up on Instagram on Monday morning too, and maybe we can hear your answers. So three of three, this is. So three questions, I want three answers for each. So we're so, supposed to write down the questions. The question and, think and about it. Okay. And, yeah, and during okay. the show, write down the okay. answers. You know, I don't need them immediately. Okay. The top three most used knives in your kitchen. Describe them, the maker, the type of knife it is, and so on. Top three most used knives in your very own kitchen. Okay. Second question. Um, you've got guests staying for three nights. Oh, fuck. What three dinners are you cooking? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. 
And the last one is um, not knife related at all. Three places in the world you'd like to visit. Three places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we shall come back to them later. Okay. okay. So in the meantime. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. And in fact, instead, you could go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, because that will take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor of Even Heats. They've got some already built, ready to ship. You get $75 off, um, and you'll get free shipping in the US. So I'll put that description down in the, uh, that link down in the description, rather. knifetalk.net forward slash heat. I have a question. Back to the question. Question number yes. two, the three dinners for your guests. Yes. Which, what kind of guests are these, and are we working the next day? Oh, fuck. We don't, we don't need to get into specifics. Because, <laughs> I mean, my mother-in-law <laughs> is going to get something different from, like, you know, a mentor or something like that. Okay. Myself and Morocco are staying with you for three nights. Imagine that. Fuck that. <laughs> what are you cooking us? Right, and Morocco, okay. the same goes with you. Myself and Jeff are staying with oh, you boy. for three okay. nights. What are you cooking? Okay, I gather we've had some um, listener feedback, which may be pertinent to last week's episode. Oh, yeah. Listen, can I just say thank you to the the listeners of the podcast are fantastic. We have been getting... Most most are. No, they're all... No, they're all... Even the troubled ones aren't that much trouble. I appreciate anybody who's been reaching out and being uh, part of the program. So we had last week, um, I asked the two of you guys, your your perfect five-piece set and your bucket list items... And the listeners have responded with their five-piece set, the, the, their ultimate set if they were making knives, what's cool. their ultimate kitchen set. And um, Pater Nostri Fabrica said his set is an 8-inch chef knife, a 4-inch paring knife, a 7-inch Dakiri, a 6-inch Petty, and an offset serrated. And then also besides sets, we were saying, what's your bucket list? And Mad Scientist Forge, uh, that's Mecca, says, my top five blade-making bucket list items are... Number one, getting a casting machine to make custom alloy titanium bars. Two, finish my book about making titanium swords. Three, get a blade into a museum someday. Four, make a few matching sets of futuristic dueling rapiers. And five, be a guest on Knife Talk. (laughs) Well, this isn't Jim will fix it, unfortunately. What's Jim will fix it? Oh, we, oh, we've been into this before. Yeah, we don't need to go into this again. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, right. Let's some... Google it. The answer is Google it, right? Yeah, Google it. Google <laughs> it. Okay. Um, um, go on. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? No, because do we have any more listener feedback? Yeah, you got a pile of it. Neil, I'm trying to rip through it. Neil Warren says he would have an eight-inch K, t- an eight-inch chef knife, a six-inch petty slash utility pairing knife, a seven-inch Nikiri Santoku style, and a two and a two and a half by seven-inch cleaver. And then he says, okay, it took me most of the day, but five professional bucket list items. Does one be able to make it to any event I want to go without an issue? Get my chef knife game leveled up enough to be invited to a forged to table event. Three, he wants a kiln, a coal iron press, a mill, and a portaband. Number four, he wants a 20-foot by 40-foot shop that, gets, that has climate control with a 12 by 12 well-ventilated grinding room. Anything else, Neil? Jesus Christ. Always, <laughs> and number five, always keep my bearings. Remember where I started and those who are helped me along the way. So Nice. By the way, any UK folks who are looking for forges and that kind of thing, Alex Pohl is about to move, and I believe he's got a lot of stuff to sell. So 
um, yeah, check out his Instagram. I think over the next coming coming week or so, there may be quite a bit of stuff there uh, that's available to buy. Legacy Blade says my top five uh, bucket list items as a knife maker are. He wants to number one make a knife for a contestant to use on the TV show alone. Do a collaboration with a cool company like Montana Knife Company or an outdoor personality. Have a blade be featured in Blade Magazine or some uh, outdoor magazine. Get some professional forging instruction from a master smith like Bert Foster. And number five is continue to uh, scale knife making into something that's sustainable for me as a career as I transition from the military. Looking forward to other listeners uh, for additional ideas. Hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, so you want to send us your send us your bucket list items, feel free on Knife Rock Podcast. Yes, Instagram. yeah. And what I think I like this idea of these these like you started last week really with these questions you're asking us and they're not you know it's not quiz right or wrong answers it's our opinions right. and I like this idea of maybe doing something every week and you know opening it up each week as well because it gives it gives us content for the following week as well and I'm sure others are interested in what other people think so let let's do that first one uh, top three most n- used knives in your own kitchen let's start with Morocco. Top three what I you, got. What are you reaching for? <clears throat> yeah, so I have a beater uh, knife uh, by professional chef uh, Michael Simon. Uh, and that is a my, it's like an eight inch, eight and a half inch uh, stainless steel guido. Uh, and I use that for a lot of stuff. Uh, and I call it my beater because I have uh, one of my own chef's knives, but I only pull it out for. Um, like raw meats and like special things that I need to cut up um, that really the, uh, the, the my Damascus knife um, excels at that the, that the beater does not. And then I, we also keep these shitty, shitty little beater stainless pairing knives, um, again, that we just don't really care about um, for doing small cutting work in the, in the house. Mm-hmm. And those are the three. Okay. Those are the cool. three I use. Cool. Jeff, what, what are you reaching for? Well, I use my 8-inch K-tip, uh, the one that I made a number of years ago, but recently I've been switching that out with the knife I made with Tomer. We call it the Double Agent. That thing is sweet. The Double Agent is, 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 my, is my new favorite chef knife. Then I use the Tiger, bar, our tar, tiger Barb uh, pairing knife, which I love. I love using it, and we started selling it on, full, on, uh, on fader knives, which has been really, really doing well. And then my offset serrated bread knife. Uh, I use it for everything. So mm. those three are the really the big ones. So cool. Um, well, one of mine is one of Thomas as well. So I've got one of his one of his stacked uh, uh, chef knives. I've probably had about five years now. So it's one of the older ones with with, you know, with the leather yeah. stacks, and it's got the slight curve on the handle, which I believe they don't have anymore. Yeah, um, yeah they do. They still do. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and they're I, still I know using the, leather. The de- they're still using leather too, but I know the design has changed slightly because they had like an F2, F3, F4 and all that kind of thing. So this one's about five years old. Um, use it still every day, still every day. Um, when I'm not using that one, I've got um, one of my old chef knives, which is one of the yogurt pot knives. Um, it's got the Michelin star in it. It was, a, it was a reject that I'd made for a chef and I ended up remaking it because it wasn't quite right. So I kept that one for myself and that one works well. And I've got a paring knife, which Fingal actually made me, um, and it uses that recycled bottle handle that I use for my uh, my sustainable knives. I sent him a bunch of that stuff, and he made me one of these knives. So, so yeah, they're the three that I use um, every day, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Listeners, please tell us your three favorite knives. That was very local radio, that, isn't it? Yeah, but, it was um, pretty local. 
Yeah, yeah, but that that could work well. Okay, then. Um, Let's tell everybody about belts. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. It makes sense. Okay, let's do a few questions. Well, can I just give? Can I sneak in one more listener feedback? This sure. Is, sure. Um, this slide is slide it in. So I want to slide it in. This actually, we were talking last week. Somebody was talking about misting systems. We were asking about mm. misting systems, and we were talking yeah. about whether or not we use misting systems. A misting system is this sprayer that you put, you can put on your grinder, and then it sprays on the belt and the steel. To the idea is to keep things cool. Uh, and the champion of champions, Charlie Lionheart, reached out and said, uh, in regards to what we were talking about, I think Mareko says they're good, but they make a mess. I said they're fine, I guess, and make a mess. And this is what Charlie wrote. Hey, if you want to return to talking about water misters, it is a mess. But put something, uh, but put something above the belt to catch what uh, makes it around, and you will, uh, and will launch up by a rubber apron and add a little dish soap and baking soda to the water, which helps things from rusting. I also try to wipe things down and give everything a little spritz of WD-40 after grinding. If I get a little surface rust, it's because there was a pile of soggy swarf sitting around the brewing. But yeah, Mm -hmm. worth the trouble, in my opinion. More uh, more time at the belt and way less dunking the blade. So, Charlie Charlie likes a mister. Nice, nice feedback. Um, and by the way, we mentioned last week when we were talking about this, we were on about um, with broadback grinders. Um, they've confirmed, for, I think it's from the 15th of August, you can now order them pre-painted and pre-assembled. Um, so if you're looking for a broadback grinder, um, yeah, you can get it pre-painted, pre-assembled and shipped to you. Um, and remember, if you use Knife Talk 200, you'll get $200 off any of their grinder packages. Um, and also Knife Talk 100 will get uh, $100 off their sharpening system or their um, sewing machines, which they now do for any leather workers as well. So, so that's handy to know that they'll come pre-painted and, and ready to go. Okay, let's do some questions then. Um, the first one is from Deer River Craftsman. Um, question. I've invested in a grinder, a forge, an anvil, hammer, and my kiln is on the way. Woohoo! After going on an excellent course with Jeff and Toma, I'm ready to start having a go. To keep the recent theme going, what's the top five? <laughs> We're doing a lot of these lately. What's what's your top five smaller tools or items that are worth having to get going? Thanks, guys. Mark. Okay, small. T- Mark is great, and I've had him on full blast, and I'm actually going to have him on next week, and we're going to do a talk to non knife makers about getting into knife making. So we're going to cool. do a like a primer, primer, primer. So yeah. Nice, that'll be good. Yeah. Um, okay, smaller tools that um, maybe sort of low, lower cost, that kind of thing that you couldn't live without. Um, one, two, three blocks. You get a bunch of them. Um, good. They're so handy for a bunch of things. Um, whether you use them on your drill press or whether you know, I've seen people use them um, when they're hand sanded as well as a back end because they're nice, and, they're nice sort of size for that. Um, plenty of things you can do with them. Um, a digital angle finder. If you're one who likes to move the platen around, um, just make sure you get the 90 if you're still using a, a tool rest. Um, they're cheap. Um, what else? Um, Come on, you're a knife maker. I can't believe you get two and then you're stumped. Scraps of leather. Scraps of leather. Get, get some hides in um, because, yeah, back-ins for platens and, again, for hand sanding. Always handy. That's three. Uh, let me think. Holy let me think. shit, dude. 
This is it? Sorry? You've been singing too no, long, thinking. man. I'm thinking. A a digital height gauge with a cardboard carbide scriber on it. Um so when you're you're setting your grind lines um against your um your cutting edge, you can mark directly in the middle so you're always grinding directly into the middle. Um they're pretty cheap and worth their weight in gold. One more. One more Come on, man. One more for knife Let making. Me think. Let me think. Oh my God. You're the man. I am with you for putting yourself out there for the first one. Went straight in for five. Um, da, da, da. I tell you what, it's making something super. Just get a little bit of wood, a little two by four or something. Drill lots of holes through it and keep that next to your drill press. So for those drills that you're always using, stand them up in there. So you're not always hunting around for the right drill. Um, super cheap will save you loads of time. There we go. There's five. Rekka, what do you got? Oh, of course, Craig wants. Or Craig, Jeff wants to go. I'll go second if you no. want to. If you want to send out, I'll, <laughs> but, I'm you see, it. that's what I mean. It's easy to get in first, <laughs> I, so you have, <laughs> because you can get the no, easy got, five out the way. Mine are carbide file guides, especially if, uh, either. Um, honestly, either for integral or non-integral um, knife making. If you're going to do anything with hidden tangs and shoulders, that carbide file guide is going to be great, as well as for uh, blade grinding. Uh, and then a carbide scribe. I love my carbide scribe. I use it constantly. Uh, I have a center punch that's also very, very handy. Ah, yes. uh, hand sanding sticks. I, I mean, you could probably buy a set, but making a set to just have handy and ready. Um, hand sanding sticks are clutch and quality sandpaper. Oh, what would that be? Uh, I use the Rhino Wet from Indasa USA. Which you can As get. do we all, yes. <laughs> Which you can get at Texas Ferry Supply, right? You can, you can. TexasFerrySupply.com. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off. And obviously, they don't only sell Rhino Wet. Obviously, they sell that because it's the best stuff, clearly. Uh, but they also sell a lot of other stuff for the knife maker. So take a look at TexasFerrySupply.com. And you know what? If you're in Canada and you're looking for Rhino Wet, you Canadians, you need to be using Rhino Wet too. You can go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Because like Texas Fire Supply, they sell Rhino Wet, as well as everything else the knife maker could possibly need, forges, kilns, and more. Um, but also, if you're in the U.S., you may even get, you know, with the exchange rate, you may even get you know, a good deal as well. So MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Lawrence is a good dude. Follow them on Instagram, too, at Maritime Knife Supply. I'm giving you guys the golf clap. That was a, that was a pretty – I want to keep my mouth shut because you guys are doing such a good job That's that sticking that one in. <laughs> You got you got to, oh, easy. You got to find another five, Jeff. What you I know. For? Well, I had to like I had to shift a little bit. So, if you're going to heat treat, you might as well have a pair of tongs. That's going to be. Don't. I'm telling you this. If you are heat treating with a pair of ice grips, you know <laughs> you're not invited to the barbecue. You got what I'm. You know what I'm saying? You're Even not if you're invited not to the barbecue. Yeah, Jeff was so offended by a video where I was using voice grips, he made a set and sent them to me. That's how offended he there was. There was a kid. There was a kid a number of years ago. I think he listened to the, knife, the podcast, and he was he was he was quenching with some vice grips. And I, was, and I just wrote to him like, "Give me your give me your goddamn tell give me your address, you little bastard." And I sent him some tongs. I was so angry. Like, what are you doing? You don't use pliers. Don't use make some tongs or buy some tongs. Tongs are... Which you can get at Texas Ferrier Supply, by the tongs. way. Tongs. Get yourself some... Whatever it takes. You, you know, if you want to be a blacksmith, you want to be a bladesmith, make some tongs. When I'm at Maker Camp, I'm making tongs. So uh, make some tongs. 
I would get, I would invest if you're, especially if you're going to get a kiln, you're probably going to say, well, maybe I should, maybe I should get involved with stainless steel. Go get some foil. And when you get the foil, get the foil rated for the temperature maximum that the steel alloy you're going to get is. So mm-hmm. there are certain, there's cheaper and there's more expensive. The more expensive is a little bit thicker, but it goes up to higher temperatures. The difference can be not a lot. The difference can be a lot now. The prices of, of stainless foil has gone up a lot. Um, but you don't necessarily, if, if your temperature only goes to 1900 degrees, you only need to get the 1925 degree foil. You don't have to get the 3000 degree foil. You ain't yeah. going to go that high. Get, Save the money and buy some Band-Aids because you will need them. <laughs> uh, and then when you're cutting the foil, don't use a scissors. Scissors are suckers move for cutting foil. Get yourself some razor knives. Get some of them uh, throwaway razor blades. And once again, trick of my favorite trick, the best. Well, you cut yourself up worse with, with stainless foil than anything else. Yeah. And then I put a piece of wood underneath, and then I score it. And then I'll score it like a, maybe an eighth of an inch from the edge. So I'm not dragging, I'm not dragging and, and crumpling up the foil. And then I finish it off with the, with the razor knife. Can get something like a, a rubber mallet. It's good too for, for, for foil, uh, because you want to kind of crimp everything over. I, uh, that's three, um, getting yourself a good tape measure or a, or a, or a, uh, ruler. That's that's super important. I'm using a, I'm using an an and a right angle a right angle square. I use squares all the time. I love and I can't find them. And my favorite tool that I just got today. You're gonna laugh, but I got it and I love it. I got a rolling cart, a good rolling cart, and I'm actually gonna put the shit in there that I always am looking for, and it's gonna mm. stay in that rolling cart. And yeah. I, because I'm constantly grabbing boxes, and I'll have two boxes. One box is before, and one box after. Now I have a rolling cart, and I'm gonna be, I'm putting everything in there. I'm rolling around the shop with this rolling cart. Yeah, yeah, I've got one too. They're great. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is a real rolling cart. Real good. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, that's five, five each. Good. Nice. Should we take the next one? Go on, go for oh, it. Yeah. All right, champion knives or. Wait, not champ. Is that champion? I can't read sure. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Champion. Or, or is this champion. Matt? Uh, anyways, uh, it says, hey, guys, thanks for keeping my commute and work interesting and fueling my obsession with knives. I have a question for Mareko. Uh, as I've heard him talking about cleanup of bar stock before forge welding, uh, okay, and that he doesn't spend much time, if any... Uh, if any, with pre-grinding, acetone, etc., which goes against the grain of popular belief or practice, I have heard a few smiths comment along a similar line of thought. So interested to understand if he rough grinds <clears throat> forward scale off, or does the melt, uh, or does that melt down and fuse along? Oh, sorry, also at welding temperatures. Nobody wants to mess up uh, their forge welds, but also less time at the grinder and more time forging sounds great to me. Just learning the ropes with forge welding and always appreciate expert advice. Appreciate the the work that you guys do uh, putting on the podcast. It's appreciated uh, down to the bottom of the world in New Zealand from Hayden. Okay, this is Hayden, Champion Knives. Um, Excuse me. 
I think there there might have been a slight miscommunication. I don't know if it was on my part or misunderstanding, but when it comes to laying up the initial billet, the very first billet where you've taken bars of 1084 and 15 and 20 fresh from New Jersey Steel Baron or wherever you get your steel, that is where I do not clean up the steel. A lot of people will grind off the mill scale or any kind of burrs and they'll also like hand wash it or acetone it. I don't do any of that. I even, when I was up in Anchorage, I even left on the stickers from, I think the steel came from like Alpha Knife Supply or something like that. And it said exactly what the steel, you know, it was a little sticker that I just left that shit all on because I was not concerned about it. In between? In between. Jesus. I didn't clean, I didn't clean off any grease. I didn't do anything. We welded it up. Steel welded up beautifully. I, when it comes to uh, so so then you take that you weld it up you forge it and draw it out into a bar now you have a Damascus bar you've just done all this work it's covered in forge scale I definitely clean off the forge scale for sure uh, and I usually and I have I think I have an Instagram highlight um, where it shows how I kind of clean up my or actually I think I also have a, a a post anyways that shows how I usually clean it up and I jump on my grinder with you know, an eight inch, uh, contact wheel and a coarse belt. And I rip off like all of the, of the forge scale. And, and I do it on a, a contact wheel because one it, it, contact wheels remove materials so quickly. And it, it also, instead of using like a flat platen or something like that, it puts all the force on a very narrow area and it really gets a lot of work out of that belt. So sometimes I'm even using like a, a somewhat used or what I would consider a worn out belt, which is a belt that I wouldn't use necessarily for grinding, uh, finish grinding a blade, but I can still use it for ripping off forge scale and, and profiling blades and stuff like that. Um, and I use that to rip off and, and clean up the billet. Um, and then when it gets to the, and, and so kind of intermediate forge welding processes, say I'm doing a pattern and it needs three or four, let's say four welding processes. Um, I and, and at the at going from the third to the fourth welding process, which is probably like my tiling, I will then take that finish up to like a, a 220 grit finish because the cleaner, the flatter, and truer those surfaces are, the more readily and easier and more easily that uh, those surfaces will weld together. Um, in the other previous rounds, I'm not really too worried about getting too refined, you know. I, I sometimes. Uh, I'll leave it at 36. Maybe I'll, if I'm what's handy is a 60 grit belt, then I'll use a 60 and I'll do that. Um, so, but I, am definitely taking the forge scale off when it, when it comes to cleaning up billets at the very start and the mill scale, I'm not worried about mill scale, but when it in forge scale is a different question. And I'm, I'm not interested in trying to accidentally capture or trap any of that, uh, mill or sorry, forge scale in there. But actually, you know, an interesting question would be for somebody who does, you know, like Joshua Prince or Salem Straub or Peter Swarsbert who do jelly roll Damascus. And part of the process captures and traps that forge scale in the material, like as you're rolling it up, because there, you don't really, as you're rolling it up, you don't really have a chance to clean that forge scale out of there. Right. Uh, cause you want it all to be nice and tight. And, mm. and the way that those kind of self clean is through time at temperature at forge welding temperatures to allow the carbon to migrate through the material 
for it to kind of do its work to kind of self-clean in a way. So as the carbon's moving around within the material, a lot of it reaches the surface, and that's what creates kind of um, part of the oxide layer. Uh, and and, um, and when it reaches the surface, it actually grabs onto the oxygen portion. Um, the carbon grabs onto the oxygen, leaving behind just the iron so we we as the steel heats up it develops iron oxide carbon moves out throughout the material it reaches the surface of the steel wherever and um and, and it attaches to oxygen it leaches that away leaves behind iron and i think that is the process by which those kind of jelly roll patterns and other kind of trickier patterns are kind of I, I guess getting cleaned up and and, and doing their thing um and, and and looking clean in the finished processes because they are getting that time at welding temperature and, and when i say time it's like you let it come up to welding temperature and then you let it sit there and kind of roast for like 20 30 minutes and we're not talking like crazy crazy high temperatures we're talking about like maybe 2000 2100 degrees um sometimes even lower especially if you're if you're running, <laughs> am I going too long? Is that my no? Sorry, music? that was I had a, my phone went off. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, especially if you're running a, a, a oxygen reduced atmosphere, so it's a, you have a very rich soft flame coming out of the front of your forge, that will also help reduce the amount of oxides that develop on the surface because it is oxygen depleted within the forge which is why the flame is licking out the front in a soft flame kind of manner it has to leave that fuel has to leave the forge before it can actually combust there we go hayden that's a big answer that was a it is long answer. it is yeah <laughs> sorry a free service, Hayden. You can't. You can't uh, hayden, complain about that. Hayden, at all. you little bastard! You should get on his pa- Patreon. Yeah, no shit. Get on Actually, the Mareko's Patreon for Christ's sakes. I have a Q and A coming up on Tuesday tomorrow, uh, after this podcast comes out, and that is part of why I do the Patreon Q and A's because I, we can deep dive. We could honestly, we could still spend like another fifteen twenty minutes answering that question, really going in deep into the nitty gritty. But obviously, on the podcast, that's not necessarily the greatest content. So <laughs> I try. I was trying to keep it concise, but obviously, I got long. <laughs> It's good. My phone good. accidentally went off. It wasn't you. I apologize. That was very rude of me. What was that ringtone? It sounded like a Wookiee. It sounded like an audience clapping. No, it wasn't any of those. It was a fucking thing. It, don't worry about it. I apologize. It was <laughs> rude of me, and I apologize. <laughs> it wasn't a Wookiee. It wasn't any of that shit. It was rude. Okay. It was rude. Take the next one, Jeff. Okay. So, Ross Speaks Steelworks says, Hey, guys, got a question for Jeff. Uh, In my little experience working with G10, I found it to be really hard on bandsaw blades. What's your preferred method to cut up G10? Do I need better quality blades? G10 is the worst. And it's it's the best and the worst. And it's very, very wear-resistant on whatever you use. It dulls drill bits. It dulls your portaband blades. It dulls everything except for... Your abrasive belts, it's great. Abrasive belts have a long life with uh, with mm. G10. So try to figure out ways. I, I've been told that, I mean, it just, I mean, it dulls your circular saw blades. And I've been told that, I think Aaron Goff told me that he uses a wet saw, like a tile saw. Tile saw is what I use for the thicker mm. G10, yeah. And it's yeah, good really. because that water will keep the dust down. But like... Yeah. 
Yeah, it's super braced. That's why I was trying to work with some CNC guys, and they're just like, get ready to buy some bits because it's just going to like tool up your bits. And it really, I mean, I'm amazed at even the Corby. One thing to think about is if you're using Corby bolts and use those step down bits, it it will wear down the step down bit, which will make as the step down bit wears down, it's going to make it tighter in the hole, and it makes it kind of diff, more difficult to kind of put them all together as you're yeah. as it you know so. G10's I've had brutal, a few instances man. where that, that has happened in the middle of a batch and I'm in a rush to sort of get them done. And I've had to order more in and wait for them to come because, yeah, you're right, it'll just wear down. And all of a sudden that hole will just be that tiny bit too small for the bolt to go in. And, yeah, it's a nightmare. It's just, yeah, that snugging up is tricky. They're, mm. And they're expensive. The, the bits are like 20 bucks a pop, yeah. so you just, you just yeah. eat it and get in there. That's what she said. So, so what are you using to cut G10? Jeff? I'm using I'm portaband. I'm I'm trying yeah. to rough out as much excess, like, but not go tight to the line with the the portaband, and then I mm. finish the rest of it with uh, abrasive belts on the grinder. Yeah. Well, I buy sort of big sheets of, of G10, sort of tabletop size, um, and if they're like thin, the liner material. Um, I actually, I mean, in an ideal way, as you've said, a bandsaw blade is the idea because it, it just gets through it and it's easy. You can nice straight lines and the rest of it. But yeah, they'll they'll dull your blades. But if you are using bandsaws, you want a really sort of high TPI, so plenty, plenty of teeth there, um, so it's not chattering and ripping into the G10. Um, but yeah, for, for for thin thin material, I actually use um, a jigsaw. So I'll hang off. I'll hang off a tabletop, um, or you know, a worktop, um, just just a little bit hanging off, so it's not chattering everywhere, um, and use a really really high TPI um, jigsaw blade because they're so cheap. You can buy ten for like you know five equivalent to five dollars, you know, um, and you know when they dull, you just slap another one in. Um, but that they're great for you know really thin liner material of G10. But when I'm using big thicker pieces, say quarter inch and above. Um, I generally use yeah, a tile cutter, a water, a water, um, a water, a water wheel. You know, as you'd use for tiles for ceramics. Um, but yeah, as Jeff said, it's so abrasive because it's got that you know that sort of fiberglass content in it, um, and any sort of tool in it, it'll just wear, wear, wear away. I got a top tip if you're if you have like a, like me, I got lots of little thin layers. Sometimes mm. they're too thin. They'll go under if you're using a table saw. They'll kind of slide under your your rail. So mm. what I do is actually I'll take like if it's sixty a couple of pieces of sixteenth inch. I'll tape them together, and then I'll run the especially the thin ones because the thin ones like get you know get real choppy. So mm. I'll tape like the sheets together to make yeah, ma- makes like sense, yeah. th- maybe maximum quarter of an inch, and then I'll rip them all in one pass, and then I'll get the same size, and then I'm, it's less passes on the on the thing, and there's less chances of it for, you know, shooting little shards, because the thin and, ones the get fence. a little bit crazy. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. go under the fence. You keep the, yeah. the yeah. thin ones on the top layer, and then all of a sudden the thin ones are not going under the fence. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, you don't use too much G10, do you, Marika? No. Not really. No. Okay. Uh, I do have some large blocks of Micarta and G10. Ooh. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, I I had a friend. Uh, it was sent to me, and my friend used a table saw. And he said it took him, like, half an hour to cut through this giant block. It's, it's like, two and a half inches thick material. Ooh. It was massive. Yeah. It was... Uh, it came from uh, some electrical portion of a university uh, that w- they were using as a, like a mounting board that they were putting mm. things on. And so 
uh, yeah, it, it, I'm not excited about it because I have to break that down eventually someday. <laughs> but so mm. it's good to know about the tile saw. I'll keep that in mind for sure. The tile saws aren't yeah. cheap either. Like I, every time I, I have a friend who has a tile saw. Perfect. So I'll just ruin his. I, I don't know how thick they. <laughs> I don't know how thick you'd be able to go with them. That's the only thing. Is like tile saws are what? What's a tile like? Maximum three eighths. Mm. Yeah, I, I do quarter inch G10 with mine without a problem. Right. Mm. Yeah. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay. Quizical. <laughs> Let's go to the second part. Um, you've got a guest staying for three nights. What three dinners are you cooking? What's, what's your move? What's your plan for the three nights? Oh, fucking hell. You, you... <laughs> what? What's a, yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> so you need to be very specific. All right, so peanut butter and jelly day. the first night, tuna fish the second night, and the fucking... I mean... <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. you want like a crescendo yeah, you, of the dinners. You look into it. You look into impress. Give people a good time. You know what? What are you most proud of then? Three dinners that you'd cook for them. What's it going to be, Mareko? Uh I think I would definitely pull the pizza card uh, one night and probably make a, mm. a salad. I have a uh, what is it? It's uh, fennel root and arugula with uh, Reggiano and a, mm. a nice like lemon olive olive oil vinaigrette. Nice. And then uh, that's as fancy as it gets because the next night is a, what we call a Roman picnic. So it's just kind of a collection of fresh fruits and crackers and pickled olives and other pickled stuff and curated meats and cheeses. And you just kind of sit around and munch on all of that. Uh, nice. And then uh, the last one would be fish tacos. So I do kind of a, a blackened fish co- uh, cod taco. And. Um, yeah, and I do my I would do my half fried tortillas, which is a thing I've been doing lately, and uh, I love it because it's like the the perfect balance of um, a, a crunchy shell and a soft shell without it falling apart. You know, you buy the if you buy the pre made hard shells from the grocery store, usually you take a bite and the whole thing explodes in your hand. The worst, <laughs> you know? the worst. It's the worst. But the half fried, you take a corn tortilla and you put a little oil in your pan. And you only fry one side, and then you put down whatever your cheese is, whether it's like some sort of blend cheese or your cotija, whatever. Get it nice and crisp on one side, pull it off, then you build the rest of your taco on top of that. You get the crunch, but it stays together. It's awesome. Uh, so we do fish tacos. Nice and margaritas. Nice. Look at you. Margaritas. <laughs> what have you got, Jeff? I'm gonna get a lot of hell for this, but I've been I've been every so often I make these. I come up with some vegetarian dishes that are really. I try to make them really good enough that you wouldn't think that you're eating vegetarian. Like that's like that's the that's the way. And I have this 
this miso braised tofu dish with shiitake mushrooms huh. that's a fucking monster. It's a monster. And it's like very, it's just dynamite. And it's a, it changes your opinion in regards to that. Then the next night I would do chicken teriyaki. I've done it. I've competed against a, a, a Japanese mother. Do a chicken teriyaki off. And I whipped <laughs> Japanese her ass. mother. I whipped her ass. She wanted to do this. Was back in the day. We had these Japanese friends in our, in our building, and there was like this woman who was very competitive, and and she said, "They said, oh, Jeff makes very good chicken teriyaki." And she goes, "I bet, I bet, I make better chicken teriyaki." And I said, "All right, mom, let's fucking let's fucking deuce it up." And we did a chicken teriyaki off, and I whipped her ass. I whipped a Japanese mother's ass, and that was a good. And then you finish everything off the last night with paella. You know, you got to bring the bring the heat. Give him something special, nice. something to remember. Very nice. Okay, cool. Okay. Bolognese. Shall Wait, what about you? Bolognese, bolognese, bolognese. <laughs> <laughs> three days of bolognese, yeah, boys. Three days of bolognese, you, you pretty much got it. You, you never <laughs> pretty much got it. shit for a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? One would have to be bolognese, yeah. a spaghetti bolognese, yeah. because it's 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 become a bit of a thing in my house oh, yeah. with my bolognese. Yeah. Um, I'd also have, outside the pub, we'd... we'd uh, fire up the pizza oven, and because it's it's you know it's more than just the pizza. Then it's the whole being outdoors and all the rest of it. Um, and then something a bit more sort of traditional French, which we always cook when people come, is like a confit duck, and you do like like boulanger potatoes with it. Yeah, um, girl, boulanger. I like to do like I like to do like a blueberry confit as well with the, with the duck, and look it gives you like salmonous and stuff. Look but, at uh, you, blueberry. Yeah, so. Blueberry confit, yes, oh, yes. Blueberry. I mean, some people do use blueberry. Blueberry, sorry. yes. Sorry, uh, some people use raspberries or whatever. But you know, whatever we can get our hands on, really. Um, um, yes, it'd be the the confit duck, a pizza, and a bolognese. Are you yeah, eating yeah. bolognese in the summer? Oh, we had bolognese yesterday. Oh my yes, god, you are a season. fucking believer, dude. You are legitimately <laughs> that is the highest level believer. We ain't eating pasta once in the a week at least. <laughs> once a week you're eating fucking yeah. bolognese. Wow, once once a week we're eating bolognese. Jesus yes, Christ! Yeah. And, it, and this is this is a five hour bolognese. You know, this is this is a, a long and slow bolognese. So yeah, it's 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 a big part of my week. I oh enjoy my. it. Yeah. And in the summertime, you can eat it. Yep. Oh yes, the kids love it too. So, I yeah, bet they do. I bet you. I bet you like put a gun to their heads and say you're going to like this fucking bolognese. <laughs> this we kids. have. I, we've talked about this in the past, but we have. We have this thing called bolognese belly, where you eat it until you're literally stuffed and you can't yeah. move. You're like, oh, I got bolognese pasta belly. Pasta tapeworm. Pasta tapeworm. We used to call it pasta tapeworm. <laughs> like you can't control. You cannot have one bowl. It's not enough. Yeah. But we can't do yeah. pot. We can't do pasta in the summertime. It ain't happening. Can't do it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It can be heavy. It can be heavy. Okay, let's. What else have we got? Have we, we've done a few questions. We've done some listener uh, feedback. I actually um, have a couple tough scenarios. Uh, we have more listener oh, feedback. Okay. Let's do a, a tough scenario, right. and then we can talk about Darmstadt and how great and they are. And there are three places to go, right? We do. We have three places right. to go, yeah. Mine's more than three, but that's the way it is. Thirsty Work Industries. He says, Here's a dilemma, guys. I have an order for an 8-inch Gyoto chef knife and four matching steak knives as an anniversary gift for the customer's wife. For the customer's wife. The chef knife was almost ready to glue on the handle when I decided to do some quick fine-tuning on the hidden tang. It began to vibrate and made a high-pitched noise, oh, and then shit. the tang oh. snapped off. The grain structure looks amazing. No idea what caused it, but within two weeks until their anniversary and only half a day per week, that I'm free to do my knife work. What do I do? 
finish the steak knives and send the chef later, or explain what happened and ask for more time? Fucking good question. That's a fucking dilemma. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to say, you know, you just got to make it happen. Well, you, you know, you, you took the order and there's, there was a set deadline. But if he's only got half a day because, you know, due to other commitments, um, it's difficult. But, yeah, I mean, finish, finish the, the steak knives at least. Um, it depends. Oof. We're missing a subject. We're missing a point. It depends on where it broke on the tang. Because if it broke between the hidden tang and the ricasso, you got a problem. But if it broke in the middle, hold it together. It, it, it almost always breaks right at the transition, like a shoulder transition. I had a knife from a friend of ours, a knife maker friend of ours, and he sees I broke it. And it was halfway. And okay. I said, send over here, I'll weld it up for you. And I welded it up, and it was bingo, bango, bongo. It was a, that, but it wasn't, it wasn't that transition. Right, Okay. Yeah, if it's if it's in even if you have a little quarter inch stub, I think you could weld you could weld on. But you'd have to be careful not to overheat things. Uh did, wait, did he say it's Damascus or not? I don't think so. I think, I don't think if it's not Damascus then then you're probably good to go. You you don't have to worry about overheating things because well, you obviously you don't want to overheat the edge, but with Damascus, when you overheat Damascus, either from grinding or from uh like maybe blue backing in the spine or something like that, it does weird stuff to how the pattern uh ultimately ends up revealing as you etch it. But if it's mono steel, then that's definitely not a concern. And um So yeah. if it's if it's mono steel and even if it was at the transition, now that I'm starting to think think it through, maybe it isn't such a bad idea to weld it up. Like even if it was at the transition. Yeah, absolutely. Another option is to, if you're not proficient at uh, welding or have a welding setup, a silver doing some silver solder work, but you also not have to have that stuff handy. Uh, there actually a lot of sword makers use silver solders to weld to attach tangs. But it would be a fillet weld. It would be like a butt weld. So that, I mean, you're not getting. No, no, no. You're so not you, having the mate. You don't have. You want the the. The filler material to be kind of closer to what the steel is, right? No, the filler. No. Well, no, I mean, no. when you're welding, it's welding is you're adding filler material, so you right. want it, you would want it to be steel, right? Uh, like sword makers that I know use silver solder all day, and they there's no qualms about it. Um, what they they don't do a flat weld though. They do cut if there's a portion of the tang left, they cut it into is what is basically kind of a little V shape. Right. And then they make, they made up the additional material to be the, the negative of that. So you're getting more engagement on that odds adds more strength. Um, but I mean, they're doing these on swords that you could literally smash against shields or other swords and shit. Hmm. Um, and for a culinary knife, I would feel more than confident in, in, in that, uh, in yeah. that joint in that, Kind of, yeah, that silver soldered joint. So I, I suppose it depends on the size of his nubbin and what, what he's <laughs> yeah. got left, I suppose. Yeah. It, it, okay. If it is right at the transition, one thing you could do potentially is push those shoulders forward yeah. a little bit and then create yourself a little nubbin to work with. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, I like the welding idea. Yeah. Now that I think about it more, that's the move. Because, I mean, the the spine doesn't have to be, you know, sixty two Rockwell, you know. No, mm. no, the tang doesn't either. Or no, the, the tang doesn't either. No. Did he have got, more of that dilemma? Um, 
he says, or should I just, or should I just tell them? You, secondary, secondary is, is people aren't understanding. Just tell them what happened. Yeah. Don't just say, look, give me another day. I'll make it up to you. You know, or you got to fucking, you need more than half a day. You got to, you got to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could weld that motherfucker up fast, you know? I mean, maybe the steak knives are what? The birthday present. And then maybe at Christmas. <laughs> you oh, got no, no. You need, out. you know, you got to give it to him like a day later. You can't say Christmas. He's, he's I'm going to be late. How much, how late? Three months. You can't, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be like, you know, I need another day. So, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's a tough one. Okay. That's a definitely tough one. All right. Yeah. Jake Norris. Jake Norris has a tough scenario. He says, a, t- uh, a friend of mine reached out uh, asking, all right. Uh, he's, is this one of those a friend of mine? He's giving is us it, the this... tough scenario that maybe we can bring okay. back the maybe we can bring back the role play and we'll see. A tough scenario. A friend reaches out asking you to make a couple knives for his family. He recently acquired a large slab of walnut from his late grandfather's property and wanted you to use it for handles as a way for the family to remember him. Do you pull a Craig and take the orders, or do you offer the cheaper alternative for having? Uh, of having him order blanks and creating the handles himself. He's a talented woodworker and has already made tables for each of his aunts and uncles and wanted to provide gifts for his cousins using the leftovers. So I think the dilemma is, do you make the knives or do you give him the knives and then have him make them with the wood he wants? Or do you... I don't know. Hmm. I think that opens up a can of worms. If, If you say to him... Look, I'll make the knives for you, and you handle them yourselves. I think you just got to expect your phone to be ringing all of the time, where he's asking questions about, you know, yeah. do I need to pin them? What glue would I use, and all the rest of it? I think if you're doing that, and he, you know, if he's a good friend, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think you are opening a can of worms there, where you could potentially be sort of on hand until he's finished that, which isn't the best. Now, is in regards to somebody providing you material. You've got to be mm. very, very specific on what you need because I've gotten stuff from guys that are moth-eating bullshit wood that I can't do anything with, you know? <laughs> and they think you can do magic sometimes. Okay, let, let, me, let me call you up, Jeff. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Craig Lockwood. How are you? Oh, you're Craig. Oh, okay. Am I okay. Craig? Re- reverse role play. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. I'm Craig. <laughs> I'm Craig Lockwood. <laughs> hey, guys, it's Jeff here. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, hi, listen, we had <laughs> we we had a we had a storm last night, and um, this tree um, it, it's probably about three years old. You know, it's an old tree, probably three years old. Um, it's about six foot high, um, and and it's come down. So I'm wondering if I sent you this wood, would you be able to use it on 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 some knives for me? It's a beautiful looking tree. Oh, beautiful. Man, I gotta check my tour dates. <laughs> Check my Twitter. Wait a second. Hold on a second. Amy, the bolognese is burning. The bolognese is burning. I told you. I told you to get up. Stop it. Stop it. She knows not to touch Don't my bolognese. Don't touch my okay. bolognese, <laughs> god damn it. Um, let me see. Let me see. Hmm. You know what? I'll do it. No problem. Send it, send it to okay. me, and I'll take care of everything. Okay, I'll, it doesn't need a big box. I mean, it's 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 only a couple of years old. This tree, it's probably about two inches thick. There's the actual the spindle part I, of it. So, so I, I, just, how, I, I know how it feels. I, I know I know how the wood feels. I'm, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> 
<laughs> Me and my with a two-inch trunk. Same thing. <laughs> I have telling you what, this is Craig Lockwood. I got a two-inch penis. Uh, I can see no why problem. you've got twins. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a standing <laughs> tripod. <laughs> I'll okay. fix your wood, okay. baby. Nobody learned anything from that Nothing. phone call. Okay. Zero. <laughs> but you've got a point. It, you need to be very specific in what you're getting because as I just yeah, as we just sort of sort of portray oh. there, they could have just this little spindly piece. They don't realise how much wood you actually need. Yeah. Um, or they give you like, yeah. you know, quarter inch scales that are all like bananas, like boomerangs. Yeah. It's like you gotta get like yeah. we when we we were getting stuff from people, oh we all, all he wants is three eighths inch but you know you got to get plenty of material because you, if you, especially if, yeah. the, if you should, and I, my suggestion is, is always stabilize it. Like walnut, mm-hmm. wall, walnut's not the same. Like the, the figured stuff and the regular walnut takes on, um, takes on stabilizing completely different. Like, and there are, I, I've used walnuts that are super duper figured. And then that in the back in the day when I didn't stabilize and they're fine. And I've had sta- I've had uh, walnut that, and they, they haven't moved at all. And I have also walnut that moves like you know, like a banana. So you got to be really, really careful because the last thing you need is, oh, Craig, I gave you all my all this wood, and now all the scales are popping off, and my aunt wants to kill me. And mm. you know. just making a note: walnuts and a banana is our title. <laughs> God, I swear, <laughs> I don't know how our sponsors stay on with us. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's so childish. I mean, it's my fault. I've actually had this. Somebody, somebody had a tree that they wanted that uh, they just taken down on their property, uh, but their kid that they were having the knife made for uh, used to spend a lot of time playing that tree. It was a walnut tree, and but they, I made sure to make it very clear, and they sent me a slab. Uh, that was probably at least two, two and a half inches thick, and about four inches wide, and like ten inches long. And that gave me, uh, they had broken it down. By the time I was ready to start making that project, it had been a year or two. And so it also had time to season inside my shop and and through that time before I broke it down into knife handle blocks and then sent it out to be stabilized. Um, And that was my solution. I wonder what that kid was doing up that tree. Uh, they know. probably just had a swing in the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah swing. Peeping Tom. <laughs> yeah, swing. Like, in, like, like in Back to the Future. <laughs> he was stabilizing <laughs> the wood up there. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, what I was doing up well, there. <laughs> talking about unknown materials, if you're using materials, you want to use the best stuff you can get your hands on. Um, and if you want to use Damascus, particularly stainless Damascus, that's going to be Dharma Steel. Um, they make beautiful, beautiful stuff. Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. Take a look at the, some of the stuff people are making. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, and they are dharmasteel.se online. Um, loads and loads of beautiful patterns. Take a look. If you sign up for an account and use Knife Talk at checkout, you'll also get 10% off. And remember, they also make pants. Okay, do we have any more questions we need to get through? We have questions. We have listener feedback. Um, whatever you want. Oh, wait, wait a second. Um, three places to visit in the world. The world is your lobster. Lobster? Where are you going, Morocco? We're lobster. Morocco. We are lobster. Oh, <laughs> the world is your lobster, yes. Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, I, I'm very into world history, 
And so a lot of the places I would want to go are very uh, history oriented. Uh, so I'd want to go to Greece to go see like the Acropolis and all the different structures, uh, especially in Athens. Same thing for Rome uh, and then parts of Central America, but especially like where Machu Picchu, Machu Picchu is in Peru or Chichen Itza. Um, yeah, that's, those are the places I would like to go. Cool. Chichen Itza okay. is pretty interesting. It's t- not easy to get to. Right. But not as it's much easier than Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu apparently a production. I have not ever been to chicken. I used to call it when I was a kid. We call it chicken pizza. Chicken pizza. <laughs> yeah. So, where's it going to be, Craig? Where are you going to go? Um. Okay. Um. Japan. Um. Simply because the culture is so different to anywhere else that I could imagine. So, yeah, and maybe make our way to sort of Mount Fuji, do some ski in there as well. Um, yeah, really fancy that. Um, Hawaii, just because it just looks so beautiful and green and, yeah, it just looks like a tropical paradise. Um, and on, on a theme, um, Bali. Um, so, you know, you can have these luxury holidays there in Bali and you have your own island and, and so on, you know, just complete tranquility. Um, so yeah, from that, from the, you know, the busy times in Japan, then off to Bali for that tranquility. Um, and then how are you too? So did they'd be did cool you just eat or watch eat, pray, love? Isn't that like where mm. she goes? <laughs> those are, she goes to all those places, doesn't she? Are they really? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> that, that's an old book, isn't it? Eat, eat pray, love, yeah. I think, isn't it? Julia Roberts is in the film, wasn't she? Right. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, I think those those places would be uh, the places I'd like to go anyway. My college roommate did a year abroad in Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and Bali, and he loved it. Mm, I believe yeah. he loved it. He was he yeah. was you know it was hard to get him back. Hard to get him back. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, Jeff, you didn't give us your. Uh, well, I have a few of them. I mean, it's all going to be not too dissimilar. Um, I. I've always wanted, my sister used to spend, she used to guide us, my, my wife and I, down to where to go in the Caribbean. And she always told us about the Grenadines and Palm Island. And mm. we used to go island hopping when we had a little bit of money. You know, we'd save up and go to St. John, Virgin Islands. And I would definitely like to check out the Grenadines and Palm Island. I want to go back to Tahiti because Tahiti was amazing. I mean, it really like was a mind-blowing trip. And I, I want to go back. I, like, I really like Papayette, which is the... The capital, it's very kind of like Polynesian and French, but like there's a strange kind of connection between the two. And obviously that was where Gauguin had his start and it's questionable about him and stuff like that. And then um, I want to go back to Guadalupe, which is another in the the French Caribbeans and Barbados. And then, uh, yeah, shout out to the Caribbean. I'm done going on. I'd like to just go to a place where you can kind of just sit in the beach and drink and eat mm. i love the caribbean yeah but pop you yeah. spend some time in the caribbean and then you go out to tahiti and you're just like yeah the caribbean's it's like coney island it's some bullshit <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. polynesians are, polynesian islands are like it's it's a whole different ball game and then the whole crazy part about tahiti is this love-hate relationship between the people of tahiti and the and the french the fucking french used to use tahiti as where they would test their nuclear facility i mean nuclear warheads like they do oh, nuclear wow. explosions in like the most beautiful place on the planet. You want to talk about brain dead? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's our places. Nice. Um, I'll put these questions up on Instagram as well on Monday, and um, yeah, let us know. So, what do we have? Three more shoes, nice in the kitchen. Um, 
guests staying for three nights, so the three dinners you're cooking. Um, and yeah, three places to visit in the world. Cool. Okay. Uh, maybe Morocco could come up with three questions for us next week. Um, they don't have to be questions as such, you know, with right or wrong answers. They're more sort of topics for discussion, sure. I suppose. Cool. Okay. Um, what do we think? Should we call it a day yeah. after showtime? We, we could do another question or two if you want. Or okay. Yeah. Look down the list. See if there's anything specific that you wanna you wanna ask. Because we we got Josh so many Scott had one again. based on last week's episode. Josh Scott says Morocco okay. mentioned a goal of making a hundred thousand dollars a year on the last episode. Speaking on that, what do you think each? What do you each think is the average yearly income for a full time knife maker or a bladesmith? Have a great day, JSK out. Tough question. Tough question. Hmm. I would imagine that a lot of people are looking online and seeing people's feeds and all that kind of thing, thinking that others are making a lot more than they really are. I would imagine. Right. Um, average, I, I don't know. Maybe I, before you say a number, sixty, seventy k. Before you maybe, say a number, I, yeah. I think every single person has a different situation. And this yes. was a really yeah. interesting t- topic because I really thought about it. And I thought about it in the sense of like, I think knife makers might want to think about different occupations and the different peg, peg, pegging holes, pegging holes, the different p- pigeonholes that we're in. Like, here's an example. You know what pegging is, don't you, Jeff? I can only imagine what's coming from you. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. You look at you laughing like a, you know, I'm with you. All right, listen. If you're in the culinary world, there are many different avenues of a profession, you know. And I, th- and you know, there are certain people who are chefs, certain people who are cooks, there are certain people who are just consultants. There are certain people who have different avenues, but they're not working in a restaurant. They're not working, in, but they're all in the same mm-hmm. thing. I think that we need to start to think of us. Not comparing ourselves to each other, but kind of going on our own journey. But also, I get worried about like, well, you should be making $75,000 a year. I, that's a mistake. Because number one, it's going to depress people. And number two, it's kind of inaccurate. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and also think about the other benefits that you may have. Um, I think a lot of us are maybe not the kind of people who could work in you know an office environment because um, we just drive us crazy so you know it's a benefit that we can control our own time and we can control our own destiny um so you know you you got to consider that as well that is you know the, the the value that we get out of what we do isn't necessarily only financial there's plenty of other things as well what do you think Marco? um yeah I, th- I mean i think like you said it's very subjective like when i was before I was married and on my own, like I honestly didn't need a lot to survive every month, like maybe just a couple thousand dollars. If you average that out over the year, that's that's uh, it's like twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars a year. It's not that much money. And even when I was working in restaurants, I wasn't even making that much. Um, but I think I don't know, and, and like. You said, Jeff, everybody's situation is different. Like some guys are still living at home. Like there's young guys making knives 
and they're living at home. And so, you know, maybe they're not paying rent. They're not maybe paying, you know, uh, car insurance or any of that kind of shit. So they can afford to get by without making that much. But if you're doing this on your own, ideally, I think it's at least in the United States, you, you're making at least probably 30K depending on your situation. Especially you're taking if you're, home or your company's making? There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Um, yeah, I, ideally taking home 30K, which means you're probably making, what, 50, 50 to 60. Um, and, but I, do, I, I think, if, especially with a family and everything, you know, I, I, you should be probably doing closer to 60, 70, if not more. Um, but that's just my opinion. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that... I think that we need to stop with the full-time, part-time, this is what you're supposed to be doing, and this is this, or, or people who say, it doesn't work, or it does work, or it doesn't work. You need to be a little bit more, I'm, I'm saying to the listener, there needs to be a little bit more understanding of where your business is going, like what you're willing to, and you know, there are restaurateurs who they didn't come there there are professional chefs with restaurants they didn't make the restaurant like they had investors and if you have an investor does that mean that it's not as valid so like if you have an investor and the investor says right, i'm going to pay you you know $70,000 a year and then we're just you're going to just pay, start paying back after the third year there's nothing wrong with that i mean that's just part of the way business is and i think that we have this idea that what you're supposed to be doing now it's it's hard to be a small business person, and there's there are things that are being. I, I'm doing much more. I'm taking less money than I used to because I'm investing that money back into the sh shop. Is investing in the growth of this business. You know, there are things that you yeah. do in order to grow. But oh, look, if you can make a certain living and you're paying your bills and everything's cool, then then that's that's awesome. I don't know. I get weirded out when because the other thing is I'm not a fan of. I don't like telling people. About, I don't like talking money with people. Like it, it mm, gets, yeah. it gets very like. All of a sudden, you know what he's getting, and then you have this weird power structure. This is a strange power structure thing. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I think even yeah. like cost of living, like where you are in the United States or in the world, honestly, like also plays a role in how much you need to make to survive to be happy in making knives as a business. You know, being in California, New York State, or up in Washington, like is very different from. Honestly, like being, you know, down in Louisiana or, or along the coast, the, the south coast or, you know, it's very different cost of living wise. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think it, it's a good idea to necessarily be too prescriptive. And I don't think that's what Josh is trying to get at. Yes, he was. Uh, Josh, he so? is. He's stir, stirring Josh the pot. Scott wants he numbers, baby. <laughs> he wants to know numbers. Josh Scott. He doesn't need hey, to know. Josh is doing great. Hi, folks. Yeah, I know. He's like rolling it in. He's like he's like rolling down the street and his with his Oakleys on, sitting by the water with his sitting by the Pacific Ocean with his coffee and listening to Pearl Jam and doing his morning <laughs> nuptials or whatever. What do you call it? His, his morning rituals. Nuptials? Morning rituals. Morning rituals. Yeah. Good old morning nuptials. <laughs> whatever he's doing. That, you know, most people are having a shit in the morning. He's he's sitting off looking in the, looking off into the ocean. And now he's, he used to be an Ohio guy. Now he's a, now he's a California guy. And 
you know. Yeah, man. I'm just like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> Taking it I easy. I love John. Hiya, folks. Um, What's up, folks? Yay, folks. <laughs> uh, Morocco, any questions, any burning questions that you'd like to answer in there? Uh, I'll just take the next one that we had on the list, actually, which is from yeah. Martin uh, Paeta. It says, knife question. I cut out blanks years ago based on a woodsman pal for a friend, which is some sort of outdoor knife. And he gave me, and he actually gave him one. Uh, the blank has been sitting on my shop for in my shop forever. Uh, they have a weird curve on the top side. Does anyone know what that curve is used for? How do you sharpen that curve? Thanks and keep up the great work. I love listening to the podcast. All right, so there's a link below as well because I think he provided that. Yes, or Jeff did. Hmm. Well, I asked him what it looked like, and then he okay. provided the link. So to describe okay. it to listeners, it looks like uh, like a almost like a snub nose machete, and on the top, where if it was like a K tip, where the where the drop point is, it goes up and it makes almost like a out hooked. It's like a gut hook, but it's outside over the over mm-hmm. the top. So it's like a it's like a sharpened hook on the back. Yeah. So yeah, it's almost like almost like a spoon carving knife. Right. It sort of it curves yeah, up, like yes, a, almost yeah, like a okay. sickle, a little bit like a sickle on yeah, the top. Yeah. End. All right, so yeah. I'm going to give him a little bit of a hard time here, Martin, real quick, Uh-oh. because he on that the, website, he loves the podcast though. Don't give him too much of a hard time. On the website, in the pictures, there's actually a portion that shows like def- definitions of different parts of the blade and that curved part is what they call a chis- chisel sharp sickle hook slices through vines and sprouts so i imagine it, it can be used as a gardening tool uh and not all like every especially if you're using it outdoors you don't always want to swing at stuff sometimes it's easier to use a hook like that to pull and pull cut um mm-hmm. and so that is what my guess is that that is for um in regards to keeping it sharp I would advise probably getting um, some sort of abrasive hone or abrasive rod. Um, a company like um, shit. Now I can't nano remember. Nano hone. The, not nano hone. <sighs> Fuck! I can't remember what they're called. Sharp something. Sharp right? No, not sharp right. Anyways, um, sharp right. I wish it was sharp right, like shop right, but sharp right. That's what I want. Yeah. Um, they, I can't remember those fuckers name. Anyways, they make a diamond rod. You can also just find like a diamond abrasive honing rod. And that's something lightweight that you can keep handy on you that can get into that curve and sharpen that curve. No problem. If it starts to get dull. Um, otherwise you're going to need some really specialized stuff to get in there and clean that out and sharpen it. And probably every once in a while they'll need it professionally sharpened, but overall just regular maintenance. Um, I would say just use a, a honing, a, a diamond honing, honing rod or, or a rough ceramic mm. honing rod. What about a flap disc? You may be able to get in there with like a s- small contact wheel as well, you know? What a flap um, disc on a right angle grinder. You're a flap disc. I am a flap disc, but I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I mean, this is a gardening tool. This is a fucking, this isn't like, uh, you know, get a right angle grinder with a flap disc. Get one of them. Get one of them uh, adjustable grinders. Get yeah. a little bit of a whiz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I can't see the purpose of that thing anyway, but uh, yeah. Okay. And and with that, um, thank work, you all for listening. Workshop. Um, I just realized. There you <laughs> I go. It's workshop. Workshop. Okay. okay. Cool. Remember, listeners, you're a flat disc. <laughs> that was a good line.
This show is brought to you by... Welcome to the after show. Let's relax. That's a good one. Okay. Was, actually, that might be the shoot. most immature thing. That could be the title. The show. That's actually a better. That was a perf, That was the perfectly timed, ter, perfectly timeline. You're a flap disc. <laughs> You're a flap disc. There we go. But what You're were you going to do? Disc. Two bananas and a sausage, or something like that? I don't know. Two bananas. The two walnuts yeah, and a banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your <laughs> flap disc is way better. <laughs> it is. Yeah. There we way go. Way better. There we go. Okay. Let me just mark mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, good show. Yeah, good show. I like these sort of questions, which are almost like topic providers, really, you know? Um, yeah, it's a good Can way I to go, I think. Can give us all a pat on the back for lasting as long as we have and trying to keep it fresh? Knife Talk has been around for a long-ass time in the podcasting world. Hmm. We are coming up to, I believe, 250. Let me just check what number we're on. Um, sorry, you carry but, on, But, I mean, Jeff, it's like, I mean... People are coming and going, so to speak, mm. and and you know we're trying to figure out a way to make this a little bit more new nuanced every time. It ain't easy, so pat on the back. This I'll pat you on the back. This is episode two four six. Two four. So we're 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 less than a month away from our two fifty. What are we gonna do for yeah. two fifty? I don't know. We should do something. I don't know. We um, always, we always like have a thing. come up with Jeez. all these ideas and then just don't do them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except yeah. for the fact I take yeah. that back. I remember you minutes? had all these people calling in. That was, that was mm. pretty cool. We could have a, a call-in episode for 250. Yeah. And when you think we do two, two and a half hours um, per show, that's a shitload of hours that we sort of broadcast. That's, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sticking with us, yeah. listeners. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we'll do something. We've got, we got a month to come up Are with Are you it. guys watching anything um, of worth? Altered Carbon. <laughs> What's that? It's uh, it's kind of like a sci-fi show in a way. It was it was a video game, wasn't it? I think. Sure. I think it was a video know. game before. I don't, I don't yeah, know shit about video games these days. Uh, but I believe you. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting show, and uh, it's it takes place in the future, and people like people of that uh, in the show, they have these discs, like implanted into their spine, just below the, the base of their skull, and. And they can, when they die, they can take those discs out and they can transfer it into a new body. And some people live upwards of like 300 years and it's just fucking weird. But there's like, basically it's a murder mystery. Um, and, but it's, but it's interesting the way they tell the story and there's a lot of boobs in it. So you'll like it, Jeff. All right. Uh, all right. So now all of a sudden you've piqued my interest. <laughs> Three hundred year old yeah. boobs, if that's your yeah. thing. Yeah. See some, see some dried up milk. Some flap discs. Yeah. Come on, baby. <laughs> this is a flap. Never mind. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't been. I, I finished um, Blackbird, which we talked about last week, um, which was the Apple TV thing. Uh, with a guy in prison needs to rattle somebody to get reduced sentence and to get out. Uh, that was really good, really good. But um, no, I'm not really into anything at the moment. Uh, been list- I've been, been struggling to sleep, so I've just listened to a lot of podcasts trying to sleep. Mm. Um, and um, Criminal, um, which is like a Vox Media, you know, professional podcast, um, where they basically take a like a crime story each episode. Um enjoying it but fucking it's it's very american and there's like an ad every bloody 10 minutes you mean and like the ads talk? Last about five, 
<laughs> well, no, far worse, far worse. And every 10 minutes there's an ad, and each ad lasts about five minutes. And it's like, but the content is really good, and they're really professionally produced and stuff, but it's just the ads are killing me. So, um, but that's good. Yeah, criminal. Um, also, um, I watched a Alex Friedman podcast with uh, Rick Rubin, oh, who yeah. is uh, like a music producer. Um, and the two of them have these like, these voices that just put you to sleep because <laughs> they're not boring at all. It's really interesting, very interesting conversation, actually. But they've got this rhythm and cadence to their conversation. And it's just, I don't know, it's a bit like a dance. It's its amazing to watch, actually. Um, but yeah, the content was amazing. And, you know, I don't know how he does it, but Lex Reed was playing these songs, like these well-known songs. And, you know, they're listening to them. And, you know, this is on YouTube and it's, its you know, part of this podcast. I don't know how it's not being pulled. Um but yeah, and it's the silences that are really interesting. They just let each other talk, and it, I don't know. It's just a, a good thing to watch. The Lex Friedman podcast with Rick Rubin. Yeah. Amazon Prime has been playing Yankee games on Friday nights, and yeah. it's hmm. it's been the only way. It is impo- It is expensive to watch baseball in the United States, and it's 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 an embarrassment. You used to be able to turn on Channel Eleven and you catch every single game, and now. You have mm. to pay upwards of sixty bucks a month to watch the Yankees or whatever your team is. And it's a fucking it's outrageous. Totally outrageous. Mm. So I get stuck listening to baseball. What would it cost for a ticket to go to the I mean, team? it depends. I mean, we got tickets, Hillary got tickets to for us to see the the Subway series, the Yankees and the Mets this 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 uh this month. And I mean, it depends. I mean, depends. You can, it depends on how you get them, but you can get you know nosebleed seats, which are just as good as everything else, and you, maybe under a mm. hundred bucks a seat. You can get seat tickets for under hundred bucks, but it's fun to go. It is so much fun. But like, I would, I love. We on, in the summer times, and Hillary loves it too. We have the radio going, and we listen to games, and it's fun because you can with baseball. You can is the only sport that you can listen to that you can kind of because it's slow enough, you can understand what's going on. Like, mm, yeah. but it's still, it's not the same as, as watching it. So Friday nights I've been watching Amazon Prime, but I haven't been getting enough sleep. But the problem is just like, I want to watch the game tonight. But the Yankees lost five in a row. And am I, should I waste my time, w- waste my time, you know, wa- staying up to watch it? And it's just like this huge dilemma I have, but it's like <laughs> summer baseball has, has been like my balm. It's been, it's been something I talked to a couple guys like Jesse Killian, Marlboro, Knives. He he uh, he and I talk baseball. He's a Phillies fan, and there are a few knife makers who are baseball fans. Ben Seacrest and and Matt Stagmer is an Orioles fan, and he always razzes me when the Orioles beat the Yankees. It's, and Jared Thatcher. It's fun. Baseball is baseball is a fucking awesome game. Like the older mm-hmm. I get, the better. Yeah. The more interesting it becomes. It becomes these just incredibly tense moments with these the pitchers and the batters. And this year has been really fun for baseball. So, nice, nice, nice. Ah, I think that's. Oh, wait, 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 wait! You just posted your arrangement for your choir. What's going on with your? Are you? When are you guys going to record with the choir? Uh oh, yes. So, when, well, when we go into the studio in October. Um, so, the choir needed the um, their <clears throat> their arrangement so they can rehearse, ready to come in to record. Um, so yeah, it's all getting very, very real. Um, you know, speaking to the producer and the choir and, you know, having to write down the sheet music for them and so on. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things where I'm, I'm itching to sort of 
because I'd made demos which are quite complete. So when we go into the studio, we've got we've got a reference to you know we can sort of work towards this. Obviously, the quality will be much higher. Um, and I'm the type of person I'm just like, I just want to share like the demo, and he's like, well, you can't because it's like there's no reveal of you know the, of the quality stuff. This is a poor version of what you're going to be doing. Do you right. know what I mean? Um, so it's it's difficult, but obviously you still want to get people sort of engaged with it because. You know, this isn't going to work unless people are on board, you know. Um, so I'm sort of starting to share bits of content um, around it without actually giving it away to, you know, giving the game away. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, so the choir, are they're, they're, they'll be rehearsing, uh, ready to go into the studio. So, you know, we're not going to spend all day with the choir. They'll be, they'll be ready to go. They'll come in. You know, they'll run through it a few times and they can, they can head off again. Um, yeah, it's 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 getting very very real. And the lead song, so there's 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 going to be three songs on the CD, um, two originals and one cover. Um, but the lead song called "This Town," what started off as just me on a piano, really quite quite sort of delicate, now turns into this like a huge like thirty six piece choir. Um, wow. Orchestration, you know, huge guitar. It just builds and builds into this massive massive crescendo and um yeah i'm I'm very excited um very excited it's yeah it's it's on my mind all the time it's is, cool. is it gonna be like uh you can't always get what you want with this you know this choir starting in singing or how's the the choir gonna be at, well put into that's what i was wondering too <laughs> funny enough you should say that um so the full version of my, of my demo at least um of that one song is nearly seven and a half minutes long and it's like well it can't be you know if you know if it's got any chance at all of being played on a radio or anything like that it needs to be four minutes or under um so there's going to be like a radio edit of it so we're going to we're going to make the seven and a half minute you know the big all singing all dancing thing and then we'll make an edit um which we'll then send to radio stations that kind of thing so it's more sort of radio friendly um but in the in the full version yeah it actually starts with the choir um then i come in with the piano and it builds from there yeah very exciting it's it is it's very very and I, d- I don't want to be sort of you know um, say like this is this is amazing, but I honestly think this song is fucking amazing. It literally like it, it when it builds and like the guitars kick in and the, you know it all sort of starts slamming. It's like oh geez, it's it's chills, you know. So I can't wait to be in a, you know in a in a proper full studio chills. where it's going to sound. You you yeah, think you, you really wow. Honestly, I don't. I I don't want to big it up too much, but the the lead song is 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 a proper anthemic sort of. Nice. It's gonna get thing. picked up by a yeah. movie, and then you're gonna blow the fuck up. Well, yeah. well, you know what? And then it's gonna be you and me, <laughs> this, So this first song, yeah, this Craig's town, gonna be fucking. He's gonna be a chop of the pops or whatever the fuck he's gonna be. Chop of the pops, yeah. The, the, the this song, this town, this. This started out as, and I've actually got voice notes. Me, me and my wife were listening yesterday. Can I going to start sharing these as well? Voice notes from when, for three years ago, when I first started writing this song, oh, wow. and it was very different, and it was just on a guitar. And I've got about five different voice notes notes over a month, and each time it gets progressively better. And like my wife's chipping in with different lyrics, and we're making up lyrics on the fly. It's actually quite interesting to listen back to. But the reason we started it is because um, my wife started writing a, like a sitcom. Um, about four years ago, um, called This Town. And it was about, you know, being in a small Welsh town. 
um, and we were like, what would the what would the like the theme tune be? What would be the you know the title music? And we just started messing around, making one up, and that's what this is. Oh, that's such an interesting um, story. Yeah, so there's, there's this whole backstory to it as well, and we've got, we've got this full script for a sitcom as well, based around this song, which is which is mad. Um, but yeah, it's it's big. It's going to sound like epic and big and. May, may I, I just, can't wait. I mean, I know we hate it when people say, you know what you should do. Just make mm. sure that you keep talking about the origin. Because yeah. if yeah. something's yeah. happened, yeah. wouldn't yeah. it be cool if somebody says, let's make the show? Yeah. Well, yeah. That would that, be a fucking yeah, great is... story. Like, I wrote this song yeah, for this TV that's... show that my wife and I are, 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 like, making. And then what happens to someone who says, well, let's see what you got. Let's do it. Then. How cool yeah. would that fucking be? Well, and I have a, be out well, that's, a, that's another story. That's another story in itself, and there, there may well be yeah. something happening Holy there Michael, as well. Look but at that's you. a Hollywood long way Lockwood. down the line. Hollywood <laughs> Lockwood. I have a no, no, no. It's it's a long way down the line. If so, I'm yeah. I'm loosely connected to the director of programming of Amazon Prime in the UK or in the in Europe. Oh, really? Wow. Right. Yes. My, yeah. my tax accountant, his daughter, <laughs> is really yeah, really fucking right, crazy. Okay. How up to date with your taxes are you before Perfect. we start like, throwing We're on them top scripts. of that shit? Okay, we are okay, hundred percent on top of that shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah. that's very we, cool. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got some sort of family contacts who made some quite big shows in the UK oh, nice. um, of this of this sort of style as well. Oh, so perfect. it's uh, well, yeah, you know who knows. But um, so yeah, there's all this sort of content that I want to get out there. We've got we've got all this time and. Like I said, I don't want to just like share this demo out. Right. But you definitely then do, I'm, don't I'm, you? But I, exactly, yeah. I def- I'm really excited even just about the demo. But it's just like a low resolution version of what it will be, you know. Um, you know, there's me doing the vocals. What should be a choir, you know? And it, it's it's not work. It doesn't. It just gets the point across. But yeah, sharing it would be such a shame because when people hear the the real yeah, thing, sure. gotta control. You know, they've lost interest about that. You know what's interesting? Yeah. There's yeah. I follow this kid named Anisi on Instagram. And he's a great mm. vocalist, and I think he's from the north, uh, from uh, like the east coast somewhere up in New York or New Jersey or something like that. And he mm. he does a lot of just little, just a few lines from a song, and it's just him singing yeah. in his car, honestly, to like mm. music in the background. And <clears throat> but if you go to like his Spotify, he doesn't have uh, very few like full release songs. Um, so what you're seeing are these little snippets um, of the overall project but you don't get to really mm. hear the whole thing until either it's released or he performs it in 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 a show uh so it's kind of like these little teasers but what's really cool is people take that little because he makes reels out of them they can take that audio then and then use it on top of their posts yes and in fact i i think I've, i know who you're talking about because you shared something a reel and you had this music in the background and there's this dude. Then I looked him up, and I can't remember what the song was about. That w- that was, um, was a different guy named Medium Build. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. I now follow him as He's well. Great. Yes, very talented. That's the guy. Uh, yes. I'll send you the Anisi yeah. guy. You should. His his page is interesting because it's literally just full of him just doing little clips of his songs, but um, mm. they're just little teasers because you don't get the real thing until he, like I said, either he releases it or he, um, yeah. or he performs it. But unfortunately, that is the way music is going as well. It's like songs are getting shorter. People just want to get to the hook quickly because people have got so many other distractions. And they've got got Spotify with, you know, 
10 billion other songs sure. they can just skip straight to. So if you don't get straight to it, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah. so you don't, you don't get people's attention. And, but, you know, this isn't that kind of song. This is, you know, this is a well, out of curiosity. Um, how does, yeah. if your song was being used in reels, and maybe it turned yes. into a viral situation. How would that translate into the rankings of the song? Um, Chart-wise, yeah, it would. I mean, I've got no chance of charting, you know, in you know the for- the proper formal charts because they take into account uh, Spotify streams, YouTube, um, and Reels, and Instagram, and Facebook plays, and all the rest of it. And you know, you're, you're up against, you know. Beyonce and Ed Sheeran doing millions a day. Right. It's virtually impossible. Virtually impossible. So the, the way I'm doing it is get to get into the physical chart, which is by releasing a CD. Um, and that was the chart I listened to as a kid, you know, that, that where people could right. actually buy the record. Um, but, you know, then, then it's, it's more than feasible to get into the top 40, top 30, 20, and obviously, you know, the, the goal is to get into the top 10. Um, but, yeah, you still get paid. You still get paid. So if, if people... Once this is released, the song needs to be, you know, completely registered with all the appropriate authorities. And, you know, well, first of all, so they'll be counted towards any chart position, but also so you get your publishing rights as well. So, um, yeah, even if people are using it on Instagram on a reel, um, if you're using a Beyonce song, for example, she'll get, you know, it, and it's, it's a percentage of a penny. It's nothing. But, you know, when they, you talk the numbers, if something does go viral... You can then make a lot of money, yeah. but the, you know the chances of that are one in a billion. Really, are one in a billion. You know, so that's 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 not my goal because it's just so unrealistic. Sure. Um, but you know, there's there, there are people who make millions and millions off you know off TikTok and Reels and that kind right. of thing um, because that you know their song will go viral. But as I say, it's few and far between. Yeah, and I think the other benefit of making your music publicly or like a portion of your music publicly available through reels or something like that, that then people can turn around and use as background music, Mm. uh, or overlay music is that it's just, especially for a newer artist, like this Anisi kid, like he just blew the fuck up recently because he just had a few Mm. good lines and it's like the key lines, like the, the, the the real, like the lines that hit, hit people, you know, in the, in the feels. Oh yeah. And, um, And the fucking kid was just on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and now he's on a, a, world, a, a national tour, and he's probably going to start touring around the world. And I don't know. Mm. I feel like, especially yeah. for a newer maker, I have a friend. She is a fucking phenomenal vocalist. She is an incredible vocalist, and but everything she does are, are all um, Instagram videos. They're more than a minute, so you can't extract the audio and use it over the top of your stuff and i would love to use her music in the Mm. background but i just can't because she doesn't make it available in that way but it's that kind of stuff that helps create i feel like helps with creating awareness uh of you and and driving people your direction but if you release it and you register with ppl and all the relevant authorities you'll then be able to just you know search on instagram you know when you look for music you know you add music background it'll show the lyrics and all the rest of it that you know anybody can do that and it would all come up um, yeah, and uh, you know, once it's released digitally, that'll automatically happen. I won't have to do anything for that to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's but it is a complete and utter minefield. I mean, we think we get spammed as you know, as makers. Um, as soon as you say anything about releasing music, Jesus Christ, the, the scammers are out there. You know, we'll get you on Spotify playlists and we'll do it, and it's just relentless, relentless. It's yeah, it's it's a different world, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Right, it is now 
um, 5 to 11. Um, I think I need to go to bed. Um, thank you all for listening. I'm going to put these questions up on Instagram, as I say, for Monday. Interesting to know what your what your three answers are for each. And um, yeah, let's make this let's make this a I thing. Got, I got a good one for next week. Teaser. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Remember, your reflectors. <laughs> this show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.